This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. That's right. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. We're going to talk about voice today, voice strategy. But before we get there, in today's guest, returning guests, you guys know how picky I am to ask people to come back on the show, but these guys are just experts in their field. But before we get to them, let me read this LinkedIn post today that I just saw. Jameen Brazil posted this. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's public, so we can share it. So he picked up his kits, and they were um, going somewhere. Um, I picked the little Rugrats up from their friend's house yesterday. My four-year-old didn't like the music choice and says, Alexa, skip. Me, Alexa isn't here. She's only at home. Four-year-old, Alexa, play the next song. You get the point. People use voice devices even when they don't. So interestingly, there is a new report out, Vixen Labs, the Voice Consumer Index, and we will talk to two of the experts. Um, I don't know if they wrote them or if they wrote the report or what their involvement was, but they know how to talk about it at least. So let's welcome them back to the show, Scott and Susan Westwater. Hey, thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having us back. Thank you. You bet. As I mentioned, I only have the real experts back more than once, and you guys certainly are the voice experts out there. So, but that story, it's true, right? I mean, people, it's like, it's part of our life. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where a lot of times we don't even think about it until it's not there. So it's a lot like plumbing where, Mm -hmm. you know, until the plumbing's broke, you don't ever pay attention to it. And then it's the most important thing in your house. Um, You know, literally that's what we're talking about in some cases when it comes to voice, especially as you're traveling, um, you know, as locations open up and things like that. You know, people are missing them in their hospital in their um, hotel rooms, and so um, we actually did author the report that you're referencing, the Voice Consumer Index. So we were part of the team that conducted the research and also did a lot of the deep digging into the insights and findings. Um, so yeah, happy to chat about you know any any of the stuff that we uncovered during the research. And I use voice all the time. What's interesting, the last time you guys were on the show, one of you said. Well, of course you use voice. Don't you have an iPhone? And and here's the other thing. My computer now has Alexa. And my funny story is I, I said something to somebody on a call and I said, sometimes. And the computer goes, now playing sometimes Britney Spears. And I'm <laughs> like, what? So So my point is, even though I don't have an actual smart speaker, right. I still use voice all the time. Yeah, and that's something we definitely found and uncovered in the report. Um, One of the big ahas that we found is that folks are using um, the voice assistants. So that could be Google, it could be Alexa, or it could even be something that's built into websites and things along those lines. They're using not just those smart speakers, but their smartphones. And so that brings it with you. Um, That makes it a little more one-to-one, but it has a lot of implications about it's not just 
that puck or even that really pretty display if you have like a show or one of the nest hubs it's not just a screen there anymore it's actually a real part of our lives and that's also when we saw that with a 97 percent of awareness across basically all three uh, nations because we actually looked at uh, the us the uk and germany because they're all at different phases of adoption of voice assistance um, and just a little nerdery there, um, it was 2,000 respondents per country. So we had a total of 6,000 respondents, which makes it one of the largest publicly shared uh, reports that has been given out to date. So as we looked at all of that type of data, we found out it was a 97% awareness and over 50% in all three markets actually use it. So that's a really exciting thing to see. Um, it's not a third, it's half. And I'm sure that number is just going to go up and up. I mean, I use it all the time. If I do math, forget about me pulling out a calculator or doing it. Right. Like, I just I just ask one of them, you know, yeah. like what's whatever. Or, I mean, even and some people will go, oh, my goodness, what a um, tyrant or whatever. But my family, we share our location with each other, right, on our phones, mm -hmm. all of us. So they can check my location. I can check theirs. But I can literally just say, hey, you know who? Um, mm -hmm. Tell me Rachel Trapp's current location, and 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 you know Siri will tell me. Right. Um, so, what has been the attitude? I mean, back a few years ago, I know there was a lot of privacy concerns, and and I guess I have privacy concerns too. But I, I don't know. I guess I don't think about it too often. But what are the attitudes where you guys are seeing? So, privacy is still an issue. Um, and I don't want to say issue, it's a concern, mm -hmm. to your point. Um, and what we found, we actually, in this survey, because we were nationally representative, we were able to talk to users and non-users um, and get their thoughts. Privacy is something that's on top of mind of both users and non-users. The, the big difference that we're seeing right now is that the value, such as being able to ask where your loved one is and getting that information real time without having to pull a phone out or tap or swipe, is more important than um, really being worried about that privacy in that particular limiting situation. The reality is we all worry about our privacy. We all care about the security of that data as well. Um, the other part of it though is, yeah, am I getting the value and the utility to that? Also, um, as more and more efforts are being taken towards striding towards transparency, I mean, we're seeing that all with iOS 14 now, aren't we? Um, but even with organizations like the Open Voice Network working at standards and um, ethical guidelines, um, everything that's happening in Europe these days with GDPR and et cetera, there's a lot of work being done towards that. So it's a matter of feeling the transparency and the understanding of what that is. When it comes to non-users, their issue is essentially not seeing that value exchange and therefore being concerned about that. And it, it comes down to privacy and trust, which is something is that we're all working on every single day. I mean, trust barometers are all over the place. It's a factor. I mean, it also depends on what that even means, right? I mean, if right. if they're recording my intimate conversation with my wife or something, I mean, I, I, and then what? Like, what are they gonna do with it? I, so I don't know, it's just an interesting, interesting topic but you can, i mean you can restrict it too you know i mean i, I saw spotify now um has voice assistant built in i mean but it's only when i have the app open as far as i can tell um, but i can say spotify or maybe it's hey spotify play whatever and um he or she does that are voice assistants always female there's definitely a tendency from the yes. major platform manufacturers 
um, at least historically, have made them default female voices. Um, there okay. is definitely a concerted effort now to give the user an option. And mm-hmm. especially during setup, not having a, a default preset, but saying you can select a male or a female voice. Right. And there's definitely strides being made there to not assume that everyone wants a female assistant, let's say. Um, and so I think the big conversation in the industry has been it shouldn't be a default choice that the platforms are assuming for our end users and just giving them control over being able to select the voice or voices that they want to use. Yeah, I mean, there's a number I think that's out there about if you make something a default, I want to say upwards of 80% and don't quote me on that number, but it is a majority of folks don't change the default. So that's why it has to be an active choice. Um, There has been, as Scott was saying, a lot of work that's been done around male and female voices because in voice, pitch, tone, um, language, even prosody, all of those things come into play. And so um, there has been some work that's been done about understanding, well, what is it that makes a female voice prevalent or preferred over a male voice? And then what are the studies and what are the strengths of both of them? And is there a way that we can actually look and tap into both strengths and come up with, um, I I hesitate to use the word gender neutral because that's more of a best of the both worlds. Gender neutral sounds beige. This is more of a look of how do we amp something up so that we can get the best of understanding, the best of attention, et cetera. You know what's amazing? This is like an offhanded question, but you guys know know the answer to everything when it relates to voice. And I've just, just struck me in my head as I was listening to you guys. There, there is actually the, the Waze app, you know, you can have... Mm-hmm whoever yourself or your daughter like i actually have my i don't use Waze right now anymore all that i just use apple maps because it vibrates on my watch right when i actually leave my house um but um you could record your your kid and just some very um, general things and then basically your kid is now giving you directions which is kind of a neat feature well and the interesting thing is there's actually a conversation happening right now within the voice community about uh, voice actors and actresses and usage rights because you can digitize people's voices now um, in that, you know, Anthony Bourdain documentary. They haven't told us which three lines, but those three, there are three lines that were AI generated based on the speech that he had. And so, you know, the technology has progressed to a point where you can digitally recreate someone's voice and be able to, you know, use Samuel Jackson or Snoop or like or whoever that you want. And it's, it's kind of like the early days of like the Tom Tom and, you know, the Garmin and things like that, where you had celebrity voices that you could actually do. Back then, you had to re- you had to record a lot of those lines. Now, with a certain amount of data, you can actually digitally recreate that person's voice and just apply it to your data set. So um, that's definitely an area to watch. And as marketers and brands, it's a really interesting area for commercials and for your voice assistant and the voice of your brand, it's something that you're going to want to consider and be able to consider and actually put into practice, um, you know, here now and moving forward. So we do have a question on Amazon Live. Sorry, guys, I'm looking over here. Uh, Luis Janelli Ardines says, Scott and Susan, are you guys a couple? Yes, you guys are married. <laughs> We are. Yes, actually. we are. Yeah, we are 15 years married, um, almost four years in business together, working uh, remotely from the same home. And somehow we managed to hit 15, which is kind of amazing. But yeah. <laughs> Two separate offices, one upstairs, yeah. one downstairs. That's yeah, a major game changer. 
I think that is important. And I do love my office um, away from everybody. And of course, the summer is almost over anyways. Thanks for the uh, question, Junaid Ahmed. Thanks for joining us on Amazon Live. Appreciate it. Uh, Junaid, of course, was on the show previously talking mm-hmm. about gear. How do we set up our gear and everything and, and make things work? So let's talk about how do people use voice? So so here's how I use it, right? If I got to start a timer, I just yep. tell her, start a timer. If I need the weather. I don't really type that in anymore. Um, but they're they're mo- mostly comfort things or uh, convenience mm-hmm. things, I guess, right? Um, you know, I, I mean, how do people use it? What are some some ideas for people as they're getting more and more used to using a voice? Well, so the things you identified are kind of what we refer to as the gateway use cases yeah. or how people start to use it. So it's music, weather news, uh, sometimes traffic, yeah. timers, uh, kitchen timers, always. things yes. like that. And those are the things that people most frequently start with, especially on the speakers. But what we actually uncovered during the research, and this was actually one of our central theses as we were building the research, is there's a very pronounced marketing funnel uh, behavior happening. So there's a lot of people asking very general awareness questions. It's like 91% of the people that said that they're actually using voice are at least occasionally, sometimes, or frequently asking questions. And then as we actually look down the data, we have more branded searches, so product, service, even local business type searches that are happening. And then we even see purchase happening. And the interesting thing about this is a lot of this behavior is happening without a lot of business investment. So these marketing type activities are happening. And right now, because of the nature of the platforms, and, and this is going to change and it has already started to change, um, the, the experiences tend to be a little bit more siloed. And so as Amazon and Google and Apple roll out new features and allow you to deep link into apps and websites and things like that, be able to start an experience with your smart speaker, ask a couple questions, and then be able to deep link into a mobile app or into a website to be able to complete the purchase or whatever the case might be. And so there's a lot of marketing type activities that are happening, especially in the awareness and consideration phases, um, which we were very happy to see. It was always kind of a working theory that we had, but now we actually have the data that shows that that behavior is very much happening. Yeah, absolutely. And some of those other activities we saw were things like, so there's product comparison, Mm -hmm. um, brand specific information. Um, We also saw that folks were looking into like mix and things like that. We did look into some top task types of um, behaviors as well and seeing what folks wanted to do. And that got really interesting because we saw everything from track package to learn more about a disease for disease education from healthcare to book a doctor's appointment, even um, set up a credit card or open a bank account. Yeah. So um, those are where people want to go. Um, where they are today is very much, as Scott said, follows that funnel. Um, there are two types of voice experiences, as we like to think of them from the top, or voice apps. Is there's voice as a product, but that's the games. Like all roads lead to that thing. So that's a lot of times your smart home um, utilities. Um, and again, a lot of those first party things that come within there. And then there's voice as part of a customer experience, which is where we were focusing and trying to answer that. And that's where then that whole marketing funnel and all of those pieces come into play to just basically create deeper, richer experiences. Yeah, very interesting. And of course, in case you guys are wondering, what is Christoph doing sharing his Twitter screen while these guys are talking? 
it's a one-man show. I'm the producer. I'm the host. I'm the hairstylist. I'm everything. So what I was doing here, I'm going to show this to you guys uh, really briefly. We're going to go just to this screen, and you can still hear me, uh, I think, and we can hear you guys. So I tweeted this, hey, Alexa, set a reminder to create and publish some useful content. And Lyron Sege, who's the techie guy, of course, smart guy, Alexa, sure, buying a publisher now. And, you know, like, no, don't buy a publisher. But he got it. He's ha he does have a point. And my wife mm -hmm. says to me, she goes, Siri is a waste of time. You say to Siri, hey, when did Aaron Judge first start playing for the Yankees? And she'll respond with, here is the roster of the New York Yankees. Like, what is going on? Why are some why are some of these I mean we got a ways to go right on the technology side for for these guys to actually have a conversation with us. Well, and a lot of it is actually on the content side. So, mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is semantic markup on web content. Um a lot of the uh, actually all three of the main platforms all to Wikipedia if they can't find an answer. So, if they can't find an answer within their own ecosystem whether it's their skills or actions on Google uh, skills being on Alexa, it actually will then go out and look out on the web. And so Wikipedia, WebMD, you know, the sites that rank fairly highly and generally have a lot of information is where that info is going to come from. And that's because the worst thing that could happen from a platform standpoint is, you know, Alexa or Siri saying, I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. Or I can't find it. Or I yeah. can't find it. Yeah. And Siri is an interesting thing because um, when we talk about first party, so that's what is coming straight from the platforms of either Apple, Amazon, mm -hmm. or Google. And then we have third party and there's third party development. Google and Amazon have opened up the doors and said, please come bring me your tired, hungry skills and actions and bring them to us and help build these great experiences. Um, they've also therefore been able to do a lot of capture with the number of devices of being able to essentially build the language models that mean that you understand the difference between I said two tea times and I mean two tea times at the golf course, not two tea times down at um, the Waldorf Astoria. And it's important to understand that context and that piece. Apple is not nearly as transparent. There is not third party uh, development. We can do shortcuts to open apps or things along those lines. And there's a lot of effort in those apps of saying, if you want to be able to open this, you can have Siri do that. But that's also where I think some of that limitation comes mm -hmm. into, it's hard for us to even answer what's going on at Apple. Um, and sometimes I think they like it that way. And other times I just wish they'd share more. Right. Well, I don't really need to know what's going on there. But what I do know is that sometimes Siri can't answer very simple questions because the answer is out there. Because I go to, I just open up Safari and ask Google, sure. and they tell me right away. They don't even send me anywhere. They just tell me, right? So yep. tell me about additional ways. I know we touched on that a little bit, but what are some additional ways people want to use voice? What's What's next? Well, I mean, it's it's really anything you can think of from a brand standpoint, from the awareness through loyalty uh, yep. phases. So, you know, there was the desire to be able to order and share gift cards using your voice, um, the ability to look up sh movie showing times um, or TV show times and be able to, you know, interact with your television. And so the, the challenge um, with voice is it's not just one industry. It's actually across the board. It's across every country, really, that has the assistance um, available to them. 
And so it's really incumbent on the brands to figure out where their experience problems are, what the customers actually do in general. So if it's an e-commerce situation, um, what they're trying to do. Um, is there a cart abandonment issue? Is there a problem with even discovery of products and things like that? And then look at ways that voice can help facilitate that interaction. Um, we're big proponents of voice is not a silver bullet. It won't fix yep. everything. But the other really interesting thing that we found, and this is really interesting, was there's a high um, uh, percentage of the population that wants to be able to interact with their voice through mobile apps and also through websites. And so we started kind of going down this path of how are you searching? Are you using your voice to search um, on your smartphone, on the speaker, on the computer? And then asked, where do you go after you conduct that voice search? And overwhelmingly, the majority was a brand website or a brand's app, and then YouTube and a couple other resources. And then just kind of for future casting, I said, all right, well, if you're going to an existing website or an existing mobile app, here's like seven or eight different things you can do with your voice. So what would you want to be able to do? And voice search actually ranked as the highest in both mobile apps and also websites. So what we're seeing is that behavior on the speakers, that behavior on the smartphone, whether it's Siri or Google Assistant, in most cases is easier because you can just speak and get your answer. People want to see that behavior actually in websites. So like being able to do a voice search on Amazon and not just hit the little microphone button, but actually have a true robust um, voice search capability yeah. to be able to filter through the you know millions, if not billions of products to get down to those products that they want to be able to see and enable that discoverability is something that index is quite high. And that's also for content too. Yeah. Like I want to be able to navigate. It is um, to your point earlier, like, is it a long conversation where we become besties? Heck no. It is definitely a information desk tell me where to go so I can get there quickly, help yeah. me on my way. We're still very much in the days of Sherpas and guidance. Um, then we are, you know, besties and personas that we want to be hang out with. And, and you know what, that's okay, yeah. because we can deliver on that. Mm -hmm. So that's what's exciting for today. We're going to go down a path of where we build these personas and these relationships. But where we are today is, is that idea of the optimization of helping make it easier for you to do the things you want, get the info you need. Yeah. Though I'm pretty sure my six-year-old has had conversations with Siri like they were besties. Mm -hmm. um, so because I don't know, she wasn't doing anything else. Now, when we first started talking to each other, I don't know how many of you, that, that was quite a while ago, but um, things were a lot more difficult. I mean, I remember yeah. we were talking about to get you a podcast on anywhere on Amazon, you had to create an Alexa, you had to develop an Alexa skill. Oh yeah. my mm -hmm. God. And today, honestly, the, the, to get your podcast into a voice device couldn't be any easier because you just yeah. push it onto Apple Podcast, that goes to Apple, to Siri. You push it onto Amazon Music, that goes to Alexa. You're done. I couldn't yeah. be any easier. Now, I know we have about four minutes or so, five minutes. Um, tell me about what does all this mean for brands and marketers? I mean, for me as a live streamer and podcaster, I know what it means for me, right? And I think it's mm -hmm. become a lot easier over the years. And now I just... You know, I, I make use of it. And and the biggest thing for me is I need to make sure my shows have a name that people can actually say, yeah. right? Yeah. That's like the biggest thing. Uh, but other than that, like, let's dive a little deeper. What, what do brands and, and marketers need to keep top of mind? Well, I think the biggest thing is we, we've heard time and time again over the past couple of years, oh, we'll just wait until 2025, 2026, you know, when the market catches up. 
57% of Americans are actually using voice assistance right now. And so it's not 20%, it's not 30%, it's over 50% of the population is actually using it. So first and foremost, you need to acknowledge that there is an opportunity. And specifically with voice search, um, if you're on a speaker, it's literally one question, one answer. You don't get a page with a bunch of blue links on it. They can go, oh, that one looks good or whatever. It's literally the answer. So position zero is critical. So investing in your SEO and actually making sure that you're optimizing a long tail, that's like kind of the bargain basement entry level thing you should be doing right now. But beyond that, like I said before, it's identifying where in the customer journey those issues are and identifying how voice can uniquely help facilitate or solve that problem for your customer. You can't just go through and just go, well, I think this will be really cool and we're going to throw it out there and not support it and not market it and not make people aware of what the value is. Um, You know, we know from mobile, we know from the early days, even the web that that falls flat. So it's really looking at voice as part of an integrated marketing approach and making sure that you have content as people are looking for it and it's not your competitor that's showing up. Yeah, and then if you go through the effort of going from optimization, we, we the maturity model we look at is you move from optimizing the content you have to creating that experience or adding on to that. And then there is that full scale nirvana of integration. Um, there aren't many integrations out there right now just so to let folks know, don't go beat up on your team that you don't have that. But you need to be moving towards that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, as you move through that, you're going to be able to um, add that into your whole ecosystem and show your customers, we care so much about you. We're gonna, we've got another way to help you through this. We know that you're using this. We're here and make it so that you're found. So not only are you helping your customer experience by having this assistant who can help them, you're also showing that you're thinking and you're being innovative. So there's like a double opportunity here um, that brands can take advantage of now. Um, in three years, that tolerance isn't going to be there. It's going to be, you're going to have to get it right. So learn now and then build upon it. Well, the other thing is too, I mean, right now, maybe it sounds like we may be already past the beginning of all this anyways, but I know for a fact, maybe in your vertical, you know, you could be the first to do something you with could be, voice. Yeah. And in fact, when you're first, it always helps. There's always mm-hmm. some PR involved. There's always some earned media involved. When I first did augmented reality, it was a horrible project. It was terrible. Yeah. Nobody used it. People barely knew what it was. But because it was so new, mm-hmm. we got media coverage, yep. right? So think yep. about that, too, if it's not too late for that. Is the position zero thing? I did a, I did a test on that. It's been a while. I haven't tested it recently. but And maybe I already asked you guys about this. But it 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 works like on my iPhone, right? If there's more than one result, they just give me all the results. So it's, right. mm-hmm. but on a smart speaker, I guess there's only one result. Yep. Yeah. And that's the big challenge. Yeah. That is a big challenge. So you don't even just need to be on the front page. You need to be just, you need to be it. Scott yeah. and Susan, did we tell people where they can find the report? If we didn't remind we us of the did not. URL? It's it. If you visit vixenlabs.co slash voice hyphen consumer hyphen index, or if you just go to vixenlabs.co, it's in the navigation. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get access to our white paper. There's an executive summary. You can sign up for webinars. And there's also a podcast launching in September with industry-specific uh, experts to get deeper into the data. And I hope, good luck with the podcast, but I hope the podcast will also be live streamed. 
Um, that I don't know yet. They're uh, going to be recorded yeah. only because of uh, production challenges. <laughs> not it's everyone so is sophisticated. It, it is. No not, not everyone's as sophisticated as you, Christoph. I'm not sophisticated at all. I just love that I don't have to edit because we're already live. <laughs> hey, thanks yep. for joining me once again. Glad, glad to have you back on the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Hello. Hi. Are you still there? I have a special offer for you. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. My going live book is now available on Amazon.com. And if you're in the United States, I'm happy to send you a signed copy, which you can order at paypal.me forward slash C-T-R-A-P-P-E, C-T-R-A-P-P-E forward slash 12. Thanks for your interest. If you're not in the United States, I can't send you a signed copy, but of course you can order on amazon.com.